This is Only We Matter Podcast with Jacqueline and Brandon, bringing generations together. Welcome back to Only We Matter Podcast with Jacqueline and Brandon. We are here on this lovely January, the last week of January. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. I feel like it's been steady. It's been a steady month. It's just steadily gone by. You know, it hasn't been slow. Slow and steady wins the race. Hasn't been fast, but it's been going. You know, I've been working Mm -hmm. from home. I think I've gone to the office once. Wow, really? Maybe twice. Okay, cool. I forget. I need books, so I have to go get them. (laughs) I don't have those (laughs) bookshelves here. And so that's what we do. But here's the thing. You're in Calgary. I'm in Edmonton. But for both of us, it's been a very mild winter until until now, until this until past now. weekend. Yeah, this exactly. Weekend, it just, it hit us like a ton of bricks. So no one's going outside. No one's outside. <laughs> okay. Well, you say that. And yet we see runners here oh, yeah, in no minus doubt. 16 weather. And I'm like, yeah. okay, nuts. A, you're, you're running. And Bill's like, I'm a runner and I could never do that. Yeah. Like so hard. I don't, I don't I don't get it either. But we are thankful because yes, we have like a deep freeze type weather happening, but no snow. You know, it's it's cold here, but we haven't had like blizzards. Yeah. To accompany the deep cold. So I mean I'm thankful for that. Um, because we really have had a mild winter in that regard. We've had some snowfall and blah blah blah, but um yeah, really, it's just been cold. So you dress warm, but you can, if you're inclined to, you could still walk if you wanted to. It's yeah. not like you're trudging through deep snow or anything. Exactly. Yeah. And with with this time of year, it comes lots of darkness. And then in the middle of this mm-hmm. darkness now, um, Bell started this really fun thing called Bell Let's Talk Day, which comes on Thursday, January 28th. And it is a, a time when um, really, I feel like they started stirring up lots of discussion about just talk about your depression, just talk about your anxiety, get it out there and talking being that main thing. Like I remember um, former Olympian um, Clara Hughes came through and did a huge tour of Canada, right? Um, and mm-hmm. that really impacted our little town of Vegreville when she came through and it was a big deal and it really got mental health awareness out there. And of course they donate money for every hashtag on that day as well. Five cents. Five cents every time. Five cents a hashtag. And do you know, like this is year 11 Wow. for Bell Let's Talk. That's crazy. I, I didn't know it had been that long, but they say on their website that they began a new conversation about Canada's mental health in September 2010. Yeah, and I feel like it started really a a tidal wave of conversation um, with that. And so this is an example of a company doing a really good thing um, for for our society, for our culture, and for Canada. And so so today on the podcast, we'll we'll have uh, a psychiatrist on. We are so thankful to have one on. It is Dr. Daniel Lee. Uh, he will be on. He is of Edmonton. We'll introduce him a little later. And so stick around for that a little later. Um, but before we get there, um, we want to talk a little bit about our experience of mental health and our world. And so just to start for me, like I remember when my first time going to a counselor was. 
Okay, there's a retreat center uh, for pastors, and um, I've been super skeptical at that point of counseling, and I'm like, well, I don't really need it. I have mentors in my life. I have all these other avenues. And so when I talked with them about it, going into counseling, just to for health, just for my own sake as a, as a pastor, I guess, um, I, I just told them, I was like, I'm, I'm skeptical of this, like of any counseling. Like, I'm, I don't know what it is, and... I don't know if it'd be helpful and uh, just kind of scared of it. And uh, he said something really helpful. And so my counselor said, just think of it as a helpful conversation. And so I did. That's what I thought about a helpful conversation. So three times that week I went in for a helpful conversation uh, on a, I can't remember if it was my sabbatical or when it was, but it, maybe it was before that. And it was, it, it was so helpful. Then I would, I left after the, each time, like realizing something and journaling about it and it changing the, the course of my, my life. And so, um, wow. I haven't, haven't done a ton of, uh, counseling, but when I do, uh, it's with this one counselor and, uh, at that one location. And, and, and then Nadine and I even did one marital counseling session and it was just a helpful conversation, um, around where we're at in our marriage. And, and so I was super skeptical of it. And yet in the end, it was this very beneficial thing for me uh, that I think was very useful. When we first got married, there was a gentleman and I can't remember his name now, but, um, he said that as part of their marriage, uh, plan, they once a year go as a couple for marriage counseling, whether they need it or not. It's just part of the plan. They just do it once a year and they just go and just be proactive about it. Some years there's stuff to talk about. Some years there isn't, um, you know, that's come to the service. And I thought that was really cool. I thought that yeah. was really neat. Um, I think, I think Brandon, you've really touched on it. I think there's such a stigma against counseling that we need to even now, and, you know, we talk about Bell and their initiatives about let's talk, and there's so much more openness about mental health mm -hmm. now, but I still feel like there is a stigma against counseling. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to get over that. I think it can be like, like we are saying, a proactive, healthy conversation. But there are lots of people that uh, just need more, more support. And they need people who really understand the psychology or the physiology of our makeup or how things are going or uh, I, I just, we, we really need to get over that as a society yeah, it, and embrace it and encourage it. It's the unknown that like makes us so, so scared or like if we could just have a little bit of awareness about why am I feeling the way I'm feeling right now? It actually goes mm. a long way to, to realize, mm. Oh, I'm feeling this way because of X, Y, Z, right? Because it's so dark this time of year. Just that one fact yeah. alone where I'm not getting enough sunlight in my life, vitamin D and all the, all the good stuff that comes from, from the sun that you realize, oh, I, I need light for my mental health. Even mm -hmm. that alone has been so profound for me to be like, okay, I need as much sunlight as I can. I need to make sure my blinds are open. Uh, on the on the winter days, it can't I can't let it be dark. Yeah, exactly. I'm just exactly, and I know that I need that to to make sure my mental health is good. And so, just a little bit of awareness has helped me go mm. a long way. So that's where counseling comes in. Just a little bit of awareness to, can go a long way. Yeah, and just to have have those tools, like you said, right? Like just 
proactive tools that we may not have thought of, you know, like a light or, um, you know, sitting by a window when it's sunny. I mean, I do actually, and my office is pretty light, you can tell, but um, when I just need that extra boost, I am headed to the room that has the most light, yeah. the most direct light into, into my room. And I am there and I just, I pick up all my stuff, not my desk, just my computer. Yeah. And I go and, <laughs> and work yeah. and I'm there and I make my phone calls and I settle in and, you know, it's not in my office, but it becomes my, my temporary office for sure. Yeah. No, that's really good. And, you know, the, the sad part about mental health is that like the shame of it where I'm, mm. and, and it makes you feel yes. that way too. When you have poor mental health, you just don't want to talk about it, but actually the most important mm. thing is to talk. And I think that's been the most significant thing of, of the bell. Let's talk stuff is that it just fosters conversation. It makes us brave enough to say, wow, our, our culture saying I can talk about it. Mm. Maybe I should talk about it. And if you're listening today, mm. like, yes, talk about it. Like, reach out to somebody. You can reach out to reach out to us and just talk about it. And uh, that makes a world of difference. Yeah. You know, the, the ones who finally... To be heard. To be heard. And the ones who succumb to their mental health, whether it's suicide mm. or whatever, is like, um, in the end, it's they didn't, they didn't have an opportunity to speak out. That their, their mental health stopped them from it. And maybe nobody reached out to them and... And it hit them in a final way that's really final, um, where they felt mm. really si silenced or isolated and couldn't even talk about their condition. But as we begin mm. to talk about it, it, uh, it, it exposes the darkness to the light. Yeah. And, and, and even that helps us to get out of, uh, out of whatever we're in a little bit to be able to go. And maybe it's, maybe you need to go to a psychiatrist to, or a doctor to, talk about this and as well and and receive the right treatment um in the midst of this but the one of the first steps for for us and and the average person would be let's talk about it yeah let's just start the conversation you know there's there's myths around it right i mean one man, myth is that people with mental health problems can just snap out of it if they try yeah. like just figure it out like seriously just start being positive in your communication and yeah. or another myth is that mental health problems don't affect me like yeah. i'm fine which is not which is really not true right yeah. some of the stats coming out are one in five experience a, a mental health issue yeah. you know um and uh you know i mean we we talk about suicide you just mentioned it and you know that's just been really hard there's just been you know this month is a hard month for so many people and i'm excited to ask dr daniel lee about that why is january so harder because i would think december would be a hard month you know i mean we've we've just gone through covid yeah. over christmas with nobody around yeah. and now we're into january and the days are a little bit longer yeah. it's a little bit lighter um might be colder but not so much snow so why january yeah. why why i just i, I just want to know and and i think our listeners on some level um want to know just a little bit more too why and that little bit of awareness can help us to get through January, February yeah. when we have those 
those downtimes, you know, and to, you know, something that's why we, that's why we really focus on new year's resolutions, whether we know it or not. It's like those just get us through January or get us through half of January that we might not follow through in February, but it gives us something to mm. actually work on, uh, on ourselves mm. for the first part. So we can, we actually get through it, you know? And, and so I'm excited to, to talk to Dr. Daniel Lee in. And, uh, so let's welcome him in now. Well, as the clinical head of psychiatry in Edmonton, Dr. Daniel Lee provides physician oversight for strategic planning and operations of addiction and mental health services in Edmonton. Across the developmental spectrum from child to adult to geriatric psychiatry and inpatients to community, he is dedicated to investing in leaders and empowering coalitions of mental health teams to innovate solutions. So Dr. Daniel Lee completed his Bachelor of Medical Science, Medical Doctorate, Psychiatry Residency, Master's in Psychiatry, and Research Fellowship at the University of Alberta. And what I love about uh, Dr. Daniel Lee is he also then, in the midst of his leadership, continues his inpatient practice at the Alberta Hospital in Edmonton and sees outpatients uh, there as well. He's a recipient of a couple of awards. One was an Edmonton Regional Award for Physician of the Year and the Alberta Medical Association's Compassionate Service Award. But then on the other side... Dr. Lee, you have uh, you are a member of China Education Medical Aid Services, a Christian NGO, and uh, have developed personally and professionally by partnering to do joint conferences with China almost annually since 2001. This past fall, you did one completely online, which was new for you guys as well. <laughs> Exactly. But then also in the midst of that, you are, uh, you're deeply involved in your local church community and Bible study fellowship. Uh, and that uh, con- combined with your, your, your career path is, is admirable. And then on top of that, you get energized by mountain biking in the summers and the skiing in the winters. And uh, that's, uh, we had joked a little before, but it's true. It's good for your mental health as well. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Daniel Lee. Oh, thank you. It's such a privilege to be here. Thank you for what you're doing. Wow. I am so impressed. I don't know which one I want to dive into, and that's not even why you're here. But I, when I read your bio, I really loved all your accomplishments. But I, I was so intrigued with your China Educational Medical Aid Services, and then you brought it home that you're involved in your local church community. So we are just so honored that you would take time out of your busy practice to help us this week when we are talking about mental health. Oh, well, thanks for this important topic. And I have to say that my life journey is just been, I've been so blessed by the grace of God and uh, only by his graces uh, do I follow in his uh, calling. So I'm surprised at what he has done. and so yeah. it always it catches me off and I just am full of gratitude. Yeah. Well, well, that's like number one, right? With yeah. mental health, is it? Gratitude? I don't know. Yes. Yes. That's a huge part. Uh, it's interesting how the Lord has uh, put these things in our lives uh, and uh, scientists are discovering it. And, and certainly we need it as physicians to practice. So in the midst of that, then, like we've talked about, then your your Christian faith, and yet your um, your your um, psychiatry and your practice and leadership there, and but there's sometimes a bit of a tension between Christianity and mental health. How do mental health and Christian the Christian walk work together? 
Yeah, you know, it's a it's a great question, and the um, the the beautiful part is that the theology of that actually starts right uh, uh, with uh, we are to love the Lord with all our heart, our soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And forgot to say that it shows that our wellness, our wholeness, is inextricably connected to um, our physical, emotional, social and spiritual selves. And um, so there is an interconnection between all of that. So whenever uh, someone is struggling, for example, uh, in, in the hospital, we always look at those uh, uh, four areas, that same model. Um, actually, there's safety first, and then biologically, uh, are there, is there any uh, medical illness? Are they sleeping well, eating well, taking care of their physical concerns? psychological health, um, you know, and, and issues there. Um, and then there's the social and connection aspect. How is that in the community aspect? Is How is that in their wellness? And then the last part is their spiritual and cultural components. So, you know, that's a great way we, we combine that together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to, to avoid extremes sure. so one extreme might be over spiritualizing mental health mm-hmm. and that would be if i'm spiritual and my faith is healthy and strong and my spiritual disciplines are really healthy um, that i will not be affected by mental illness or emotional uh, distress and that would be one extreme and it can lead to a ton of guilt on, on myself or maybe even on others. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it forgets that our brain is also a connected biological organ to our spiritual, social, and emotional health. And that when the brain, if it, if it undergoes a lot of stress for a long time, it can actually start to get ill and distort some of the things that I need to actually heal. And so that's one one extreme. Yeah, that's interesting. As I studied um, the history of Christianity in Canada, there was a movement um, back uh, a long time ago now. I think it was early early 1900s, even where where there was this huge spiritual movement of get away from anything to do with with doctors and and medicine yeah. and and simply rely on the Lord. And that was good faith, and and that's what it meant. And then there was this. Uh, Christian social pressure that if I did seek a doctor, I didn't have faith. What would you say to that? Yeah, and uh, and 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 that would be a good example of of how when I am called to love God and love my neighbor as myself, mm-hmm. uh, I need to take care of that physical aspect as well. The the danger is that we don't respond quickly enough to when there is a medical emergency or urgent situation. So when someone is suicidal, um, it requires a fast response. Yeah. When someone is has psychosis or some hallucinations or mania, there are certain types of depression that are very, very biological. They, their, their movements have slowed. They can't think. That type of depression, you shouldn't need to wait on for months or even weeks. You can get help right away. Yeah. The other side of that is that as Christians, we are so blessed because when we go through these difficult emotional challenges, we have the presence of God in our lives. We have the Holy Spirit speaking to us. We have beautiful promises um, and uh, uh, that, uh, that provide a, a richness to that healing process. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's really good. 
Well, many of us make make bad decisions and and have regret. Um, what can you tell us about the physiology of living with deep regret? Yeah. Yeah, it's a fascinating question, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on, um, you know, why you've asked it. Or, but you know, like physical reflexes, our emotions are hardwired into a deep part of the brain called the limbic system, and every emotion has three components hardwired: the feeling, an adaptive thought or value, and an action urge, and these are in the neural circuits. Healthy regret actually has an adaptive value. It was put there for a purpose. It's often there's a feeling of loss or responsibility for what took place in an event, and the thought part is compared to what could have taken place better. The healthy action urge that is hardwired in is there's an opportunity to learn in a positive way something so that what took. Place does not happen again. So it's an essential emotion for learning, and the physiology of regret is that it's actually attached through that limbic circuit to the hippocampus, which is the memory center that inscribes that experience. So, which is then essential for learning. So that's the healthy part of of of, of, of regret. Um, when you when it becomes unhealthy. Is, is that uh, experiencing regret in a healthy manner over and over and over again through that circuit means that you're inscribing that same story through the hippocampus in your memory over and over and over again. So it's really important to, to process regret in a healthy way, sometimes re-experiencing it in the wrong way, just kind of inscribes it deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And so... So, and another physiological key to regret is that uh, regret is complex. It is often the last emotion, but it's always a signal to examine the upstream emotions connected to it, which are usually sadness or loss of something, potentially guilt, did I do something wrong that needed reparation, or even shame. And that's one of the uh, toughest ones. Maybe I am inadequate in something I, I, that took place. So regret is always a signal not to focus per se only on the regret, but on the upstream emotions and then the adaptive value of what can I learn mm. in a positive way from this for the future. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. That, that question um, really came from Jacqueline. Jacqueline, where did that question for you mm. come from? Yeah, the the regret, because sometimes we live with regret and attached with shame. And how can we, in a healthy manner, deal with that to move forward so that we aren't stuck? And I use yeah. stuck, quote, unquote, you know, living in that moment. Because regret is uh, so many people live with regret. I wish I had, I wish I could have going back, but that, that really isn't healthy to keep looking back. We need to be looking forward in how we can move forward in a healthy manner. And sometimes that takes, that takes um, moments with a doctor, uh, um, somebody who knows so much more than us, you know, and can help us navigate those, those response. Is that, is that accurate? 
Am I on the right track? Yes. Yes, and I think that's really, that's uh, such an honest and vulnerable uh, sharing there. And what you have just shared is, I think, what is experienced by each of us have had different types of regret come in. Mm. And it's, it's a part of human experience. And, um, and also the struggle with regret is sometimes triggered by um, the fact that you have a healthy conscience. When the regret is healthy, you have a healthy conscience. You actually care about people where there may have been a broken relationship or a missed opportunity mm. or something I said. So it's often driven by something very healthy for us to learn. And the challenge is not to get stuck um, by, by, by the guilt or the shame. Yeah, That's really good because right before you came on, we were yeah. talking about, you know, if we just had a what's helpful about counseling and, and talking it out is just a little more awareness of our situation. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I'm stuck in deep regret and I just can't get out, I feel like it's just this negative thing that's nagging and weighing me down. But yet if you explained it so simply the the healthy side of, of regret that can be like, Oh, I can actually manage that. I can, I can reflect a little bit and see where maybe I could act a little differently or, you know, what, what is that good motivation behind it and lean into that rather than, that cycle of regret, which I found very helpful here today. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't want to keep you too long, Dr. Daniel Lee, but um, also what are, what are maybe like one or two things that we can try to help relieve some regret, or maybe you have something to share about um, this mental health week in general, that tips we can, we can do to help ourselves and our neighbor. Right, right. And um, well, well, here's uh, here's something that uh, you know uh, what I can share about regret just doesn't apply to regret. It applies to all painful emotions. Um, the first step is actually noticing the regret, but it's actually how you notice the regret. If you notice it in a a healthy way, you can actually resolve. If you notice it in an uh, in a health unhealthy way, like we've been spoken, it can just re-injure and you really get stuck. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the parts are this. The first way is um, lab- validating a painful emotion as a feeling, not a fact uh, for the present or the future. So it's simply a mental event. A feeling is just a feeling. Thoughts, just a thought. It doesn't mean you're prof- it's not prophetic about your future reality or even current reality. So noticing it as a mental event. Once you do that, all of a sudden, you can actually look at it um, with an, and learn and grow instead of fusing with it. So, for example, with regrets, mm-hmm. common one is shame. Mm-hmm. One of the upstream emotions is shame. I feel inadequate. Now, what happens when people get stuck is it actually turns from I feel inadequate to, wait a second, I am inadequate and I'm inadequate now. I'm bad. I'm in, I've, I'm broken and I'm going to be like that in the future. And so that's where it's become also a feeling and now it's become a fact. Mm. And so how we notice it is really important. Um, the other way to notice these mental events is with that, that beautiful verse that, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for your souls. Mm. So what an amazing, <laughs> and it's to notice it with compassion, um, with that, 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 that perspective of Christ, 
and uh, and non being non judgmental. This actually takes time to learn. So it's because because unhealthy regret is a becomes a learned pattern that's stored in the hippocampus. Even that first step of noticing it in the right way is a learning thing. Mm. So when I ski, I might be skiing in a strange it, with a with the snowplow, and the coach might be saying, "You need to learn how to parallel ski," you know. Uh, and as he teaches me what to do, I'm going to mix up both the the, the snowplow with the parallel, I'll go back and forth, and I'm trying to learn this new skill. But but healing for mental health is similar to this, not to get discouraged. Why can't I do it? Well, it's because you have to learn a new skill. Yeah. And so so that's uh, so that's one 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 first step. And then once you notice it, well, then you can work through it uh, with other ways. Hmm. Yeah, that's- yeah uh, you know I. I'm listening to you and there's so many things going through my mind. Um, But one of the things is, uh, as you talk about learned behavior, our response framed with regret and shame is that when you're trying to move forward in a healthy manner, um, my observation is that um, you default to those emotions, like you're saying. So, you'll see a text come through and you'll go, Oh no, like, it's just going to be bad. I just, this is just not going to be good, but you don't know that because you haven't actually read the text, but it's the default because you haven't quite worked through that unhealthy moments of regret or shame. And you haven't come really to terms. Is that accurate? Or am I like way off base? Nope, that, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. And as you work through, it's always important to remember that even though you have worked through it, sometimes you think, well, it seems to be coming back. I still have that emotional, reflexual, neuroanatomically inscribed response. Don't let that fool you into thinking, oh, for heaven's sakes, that's my reality. It's actually a learning that needs to take place and with repetition. So emotional healing and growth is like that. Once you notice something um, uh, uh, non-judgmentally as a mental event, then you, working through means checking the facts, testing it out, and what, after you do that, you replace it with a wise thought and wise action. Hmm. And that action piece is very critical because it allows you to practice very specifically what you will do every time that person emails you. And you know, there's no. And it is a little bit like learning a sports skill. Yeah. You know, I've got to just learn it, you know, oh, I, and it's, uh, but you will get, uh, you, you will be able to learn something new and different. Yeah. I don't think many people think about like mental health as like, I need to develop skills, right? Um, yeah. They think, oh, it's either, it's either going to be in a good direction or a bad direction and, and uh, medication will help fix me or, uh, or I, or not. And it's, it's great to hear from you today about um, there mm-hmm. are skills we can develop and ways to develop the skills that, that can help redirect that and write new inscriptions on our, on our memory to, to help us to react in different ways in the future. You know, it reminds me too of the passage of scripture of, of old self, new self, that the old self will, yeah. 
yeah. always try to come back. And and Paul talks about wanting to that old self. We 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 get rid of it, but it it wants to come back, and it'll haunt us. And it that sounds very similar, actually, to what what you were saying. And then the practice of of meeting with mm-hmm. God, that old self goes away. And in, in this case, maybe something similar wow. happening. Mm-hmm. Dr. Lee, this has been amazing, and we are so conscious of your time and that you have freely given this to us and our listeners today. We just like a heartfelt thank you for just investing in in our podcast and sharing your wealth of, of wisdom and knowledge for our guests for mental health. Well, thank you for having me on. I love the work that you're doing. Keep it up. And uh Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that was Dr. Daniel Lee of the of Edmonton, and uh, he's actually a part of my church. We didn't talk about that too much, but he's he's a part of uh, the church that I I'm a pastor at, and it's been a, a pleasure getting to know him. And he was one of the first people that that welcomed me, actually, and that's what I've loved about him. And his heart is he's uh, as much for Jesus as he is for anything else, and and. Um, so, Such a gentle man. So yes, yes he is. Yes he is. And what uh, right? Like who wouldn't want to go to him? Absolutely, absolutely. Like just so. Well, he didn't know me. I mean, this was the first time that I'd made contact with him, yeah. and just so welcoming. And okay, let's talk about that. Like I was like, okay, so I'll just lay on the couch, and Brandon, <laughs> like just like leave the room if you want. Like I mean, just so. Um, it just really gave this safe environment. Yeah, and I loved how he asked, like, I'm curious how this, where this question came from. I was like, well, I'll go back to Jacqueline because she gave it to me. <laughs> it's her counseling session now, so you have a psychiatrist <laughs> for the next 10 minutes. I know, and it was like <laughs> I just wanted to dive into specifics, but, you know, we're recording. Um, but, you know, in all honesty, I mean, what I'm talking about are things from my own life sure. that I'm dealing with sure. regret and shame and, and that um, those um, moments of, of default, which just goes to this like very negative place, which is so not healthy and, and how, how to retrain our brain to think differently. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to say. They could actually be saying, a thank you text. Yep. They could actually be saying, you looked great today. Or, or, you know, how, how are the kids? Or it could be, I loved your podcast. I got that text. And I was like, oh, I hope they say, <laughs> oh, I hope it's positive. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, wow, yeah. that is, that's crazy. So yeah, it was just really I mean, cool. I felt that too. Like phone calls, like certain people, calling you or sending an sending an email like you just have a, a deep feeling like that your heart just sinks like oh no now why like what's gonna what's gonna happen like being called to the principal's office every time you know that's yes uh, except exactly. it's, it, yeah it just it hits you and so it was really neat from him to hear about you know the skill development and even that one skill of noticing mm-hmm. the thought and not let it not let it fuse with other, something else, whether it be shame or another part of where it, where it becomes your identity and and where I am that. Um, that was profound for me and uh, really helpful, I think. Yeah, well, we are so excited um, to be able to talk about um, just mental health this week, um, 
you know, let's just keep talking. I mean, this is, you know, Bell Initiative for the end of January here in Canada, but the reality is it doesn't stop on Friday no. or Thursday night. This is a no. conversation that can go all year. <clears throat> and so let's do that. Let's keep talking. And, um, you know, for, for those that um, just need a listener, um, I've seen this go uh, around social media, but, but the truth is, is we'd rather listen to your story alive. Yes. Than not. That's right. So, you know, just like reach out and, and private message us. You can find us. Absolutely. Us. And if you're wherever, whatever region you're in, you can, there's yep. a, men, there's probably going to be a mental health line that you can either phone or text. Um, and, and we're going to put that up on, on our social pages this week and make sure you have the, the lines for Alberta and, uh, to know where to, where to connect there. So, so yeah, talk, let's, let's talk. And if you're in the Edmonton region and uh, anyone can call this uh, zone access 24 seven, it's called it's mental health help in crisis, urgent situations, or to get advice about being connected to the right resources, you can call 780-424-2424. And, uh, and for the province, you can call HealthLink 811 or the mental health helpline 24 seven. That is 1-877-303-2624. Hey, we're trying to build each other up, not ignore each other here on Only We Matter podcast with Brandon and Jacqueline. Thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe button and keep the conversation going.